Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Catch and Shoot podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Catch and Shoot goes well with both red and white and is perfect with a workout of your choice. Our co-hosts are on both coasts and they have all of NBA Nation covered. Adam Stanko in the Bay Area and Noah Kozlov in the Big Apple. Catch and Shoot podcast back this week. Noah Kozlov out here in New York City, out in San Francisco. Adam Stanko, we're going to have Mo Spates on with us shortly, who's coming off his Lakers tryout. I want to hear not just about a Lakers tryout, but what an NBA tryout is and then maybe he'll go the big three route and try to be joe johnson next year and get back into the nba but first adam good week yeah had a good week everything's uh been flowing along smoothly and then yesterday um you may recall on a podcast we had done in the past that uh i talked about a guy who invited me to a poker game yeah with well, the actually, 54 slide powerpoint presentation Yes, the incredible PowerPoint presentation. And so that presentation wasn't from my friend, but it was a friend of his, right? So it's it's once removed. So anyway, the friend uh, who lives across the street invited me over for a barbecue yesterday. We were hanging out with the families, you know, everyone's relaxing and stuff, talking to a guy. And I could tell he's sort of looking at me a little bit sideways. And about like he knows 10 you from the podcast? Well, that was the thing. About 10 minutes into the conversation, this guy who I'd never met before just turns to me and goes, and you know, if you really want to drop a bomb on the podcast, you can you can have me on, the guy who is uh, <laughs> the PowerPoint presentation. So out of the blue, I get hit with, oh, I, you know, this gets out that I'm talking about people. Um, I don't, I don't think about this as a public forum. I just think about it as you and I just having a regular old conversation. Yeah, so super space. nice guy. He explained himself as to why he had a, you know, a 50 page, he says it's 25 page um, presentation for a poker invite, you know, just a little get together. I, um, I, I nodded my head and, uh, and, and went with it, but very nice guy though. I will say very nice guy. So how are you celebrating taco Tuesday? <laughs> well, it's my wife's birthday. So oh, I better celebrate it in dramatic fashion. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Excited. Uh, excited for her. got to figure out some things hey, to, you sound uh, real excited. to do. Yeah. Well, no, I am. I am. I'm did, just did a little write, anxious. Did you write the card on the toilet again? Well, we've talked about this in the past. I'm, I'm not very good with preparation. And it's the only thing she asked for is like, just plan ahead. Think about these things. I've got my daughters on my case bugging me about what we should be doing and all this. But um, I have a couple ideas in mind, a couple gift ideas, maybe a surprise dinner in mind. But wait, 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 um, wait a second. Okay, yeah. hold on, hold on. So, so today we're recording this on Tuesday, and right now it is 8.22 a.m. on the West Coast. 
and today is yes. his birthday and you're saying, yeah, I've got to figure a few things out. I've got a few things in mind. You know, it is, it's already her birthday, dude. I'm not a planner. You know, I think that goes without saying. So yeah, if you could help me out, Noah, that'd be great. I don't know what you can do. I don't know. I think I'm, I'm too busy getting this. sued for Taco Tuesday, I think. A, yeah, so what what, I mean, what is your take on the Taco Tuesday thing so though? Dumb. Like how is he how is LeBron going to try to file and 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 he can't, but because actually someone already owns it, but how is he gonna think that, oh yeah, I can I could trademark this? Like who's in his that just shows you, I think, in in, in my mind, that he has too many people in his ear that say yes to everything. Like it just it looks bad. Even if you could do it, it looks bad. What's he gonna do? Come back, come after everybody who's saying Taco Tuesday in every chalkboard on the sidewalk in every city that promotes Taco Tuesday? Is he going to do the same thing for Thursday, Thirsty Thursday and Matzo <laughs> Monday and Wedge Salad Wednesday and Free Range Throwback Friday? Thursday, right? I mean, what do you, come on. I, I Two things bother me about this. One is sort of what you hit on, but the idea that Either he didn't know other people were saying this and it prior to him, Lack or he did know, and then, like you said, he's going to just try to steal it from everyone. Both of those get me. Um, and then, and two, I also get really annoyed with everything LeBron does at this point. He gets praised as being this like brilliant guy. Like if you came out and said. Like if somebody walked into work one day and said, man, I, I have a case of the Mondays and you're super annoyed by that. And you go, I should yeah. trademark that. Right. People would look at you like you're an idiot. Like people have been saying this forever. You're going to all of a sudden start saying it a ridiculous phrase that no one really likes. And now you're going to trademark it. I, I don't know. I, I just, for all the great things that we should be praising LeBron for his longevity um, what he's given back to the community in, in Ohio uh, and really just being a, a pleasant superstar and a guy who appreciates the history of the game. All these things I'm on board with all day long, but let's not praise the guy for, try to, for trying to trademark Taco Tuesday. Like that one gets to me. Also, I don't even like the, the videos he puts out the family dinners and stuff that they kind of get on my nerves. No, I got to be honest with you. Uh, look, I, I've been, I've been calling him out for years just of being corny on, on social media, but Hey, that's, that's what I think. But if his engagement rates are high and it helps his brand, then do whatever you got to do. That's how I see it. Yeah. But, Cause I, I don't think yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not LeBron's target audience. And, I guess that's all right. Another thing that drives me nuts, Shaq on his podcast this week. So, so Shaq kills Dwight. Okay. And speaking of yes, men, Shaq's got yes, a guy, John, John Kincaid, who's a national radio host on CBS radio, who yep. is a yep. yes man for Shaq on that show. So he's, you know, Shaq's talking about Dwight and all they do is make gay and um, transgendered jokes on the podcast about Dwight. So, which, which speaks to something that we've talked about in the past where you'll say something on, yo, know, Shaq made a Dwight joke on Twitter, but it wasn't like a gay joke or a transgender joke, but he'll say it on his podcast, but they won't put it on Twitter. So you're just hoping that yes. it, it doesn't get out there or 
you don't think that it will, or you're okay with saying it there, but not on Twitter. So, I, and look, they're, they're, all of those jokes are there. I'm not really here for those, but I'm not going to say you shouldn't be making them. But if you're going to, be, but if you're, you know, I, I don't think you should be, but if you're, I, I don't think that that should be the first thing that, that comes to your mind with this. But if Shaq's going to do it and everything Shaq says makes a headline, why these didn't make a headline, I don't know. You've spoken about this for a while, this idea that you should just come clean with this stuff if it is your opinion. Don't try to hide it in one format and present it in another. That's something that I think is is legitimate. And, and you know, we have all these outlets now and all these platforms with which to express your opinion. It's weird when people say things in one venue and then and then don't in another. You've talked about that for a while because people don't want the immediate feedback, especially, you know, on Twitter. And this this Shaq thing with with Dwight, it's weird in a sense. Because I remember back in the day when this first came up, you know, he Shaq was frustrated with Dwight over the Superman thing and, and Shaq used to claim he was Superman and then Dwight tried to take over that moniker if you will and then and the nickname but then but then so Shaq was annoyed by it and didn't think Dwight was ever the player that he was and I think there are some fair criticisms that that I guess Shaq has I mean towards towards Dwight in that regard um and also in terms of you know the player maybe he felt like Dwight wanted to be or maybe even the hypocrisy as as Dwight was living his life and and we've touched on that in the podcast and in the past I just think in general, it's just a strange thing. Like, no one's questioning Shaq's legacy. No one's questioning if Dwight Howard is even in the conversation with Jack, mm-hmm. with, with Shaq. So I'm, I'm, that's the stuff that always amazes me is when guys sort of get in these petty arguments still, when this thing has long been decided. And it's not like Dwight doesn't need any more piling on. I mean, the guy has just been crushed over the last year, few years, actually. So yeah, and we and we and we've talked strange. and we and we've talked about the hypocrisy of Dwight's life already. But something else that that came up during that conversation, and I tweeted it out. It didn't get any run, but Shaq said that there are only two dominant players because they were talking about he and Kobe. He said there are only two dominant players in NBA history, and then one of his co-hosts said, "Well, Russell." And he said, all right, three. So he said, me, Wilt, and Russell. And then the um, uh, the producer, Rob, said, Michael Jordan wasn't dominant? Yeah, there, there's no way that you can possibly say that Michael Jordan wasn't dominant. But I'm with you. And also, even if you're going to do the center position, you have to put Kareem in the mix as well. So yeah, how, yeah how, right. how about the guy who's because the all-time He was score. unstoppable. I mean, if yeah. that's what we're talking about, this dominant force, this unstoppable force. Yeah. Uh, who has probably the, the most unguardable, the most dominant shot in the game, right? I mean, and and look, I, I do think that there is this part of Sha- I think Shaq is worried, and I think a lot of great players concern themselves with this, is this part of their legacy that they think will somehow be forgotten. And, it, you know, it's obviously ego driven, but this idea and, and maybe justifiably because there's so much emphasis on on the here and now and we're prisoners of the moment. But I do think a lot of great players concern themselves with, 
oh, maybe I'm not going to be remembered for my greatness. And Shaq had a stretch where he was the most insanely dominant force that that we've seen physically. Uh, I mean, and when you throw that, you know, qualifier in, that that adds to it a little bit. But Shaq was remarkable for a stretch. But now I don't want to see him go down like like we saw Oscar Robertson, like we're a guy who spent, you know, so much of his retired life that he should be enjoying and he should be praised and appreciated. Like I've always felt like Oscar has started to get known more for him thinking people don't appreciate him than actually what he accomplished on, on the court. And I, and I worry Shaq is sort of the same way. He's so concerned with how people are treating his legacy. It, it, it's, it's mind boggling in a sense. Yet at the same time, and I'll wrap with this, he's always saying, who are people? I don't care about what people say on Twitter. I don't, I don't care about these people. He's always, he's just always saying that. Anyway, maybe he's, get... but, but no, maybe he's saying what you always bring up. That is everybody says. Everybody yeah, but says. if he's so concerned about it, then he is paying attention to what everybody says. I'm just not. Make sure you take a listen to the Mike Wise show that came out on Monday. He's got longtime NBA assistant Dave Wall, and he tells a great story that when Wall was interviewing for the Wolves assistant coach job and David Kahn was the GM, the journalist turned GM, they just famously, now infamously, drafted Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn instead of Steph Curry in that draft. And when they're interviewing, Kahn says to Wall, I think we've got our next Frazier and Monroe. And Wall says... I respectfully disagree. And then Khan says, well, I think you should go back and watch some video. And he says, well, I will, but I, I played my entire career against those guys. And then I later found out John Krasinski has been covering the Wolves for a long time, the Associated Press and now The Athletic. He tweeted back to me and said on draft night, he told us it was going to be the next Isaiah and Dumars. So neither one of those worked out. Also, Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and the Pure Hoop Show with Eric Newman and NBA champion BJ Armstrong. But coming up, Mo Spates. <laughs> Joined now by longtime NBA power forward Mo Spates, 16th overall pick in 08 by the Sixers after winning a title with the University of Florida. 10 years in the NBA, spent a year in China. He's an NCAA champ, as I said, with the Gators. He's an NBA champ with the Golden State Warriors. And he just recently... Tried out for the Los Angeles Lakers. Can you take us through, Mo, what the tryout process is like? Well, that was my first time really doing that. I never did a one-on-one workout with a team. So it was a little different, but it was a good workout. It was like 30, 35 minutes. They have you doing different kind of stuff, like up and down, a couple of games, and then individuals have court and all that kind of stuff. But it was, it was a little different for me because I never did it. The guys who was there never did it either. So to be able to work out for um, just one person on the court for 30, 35 minutes with all the people watching is a little nervous, but you get used to it. Were the other guys who were trying out, like your, your former teammate Joakim Noah and, and Dwight, were they all there also? No, they was there. I think I was on Friday. They went both of them went on Wednesday. One went early. I mean, one went early and one went late. So they didn't have us all on the court at the same time, but they just had everybody come in and do their own little work. Okay. And then, and then what's the, is there an interview part of it also? A conversation? Yeah, yeah. After, after, yeah, after you're done, uh, working out, you go up there to the, the office with coaches, assistant coaches, and all that kind of stuff and talk to them, GMs and all that. 
and, and what kind of what kind of vibe and Adam, I'll let you jump in in a moment. What no. what kind of what kind what kind of vibe did you get from them about their organizational philosophy, what they were looking for, and well, it was a good it was a good interview. They were asking questions, really try to get to know a person, the, the character you are. But they were just asking, they were just saying what kind of like you said, they were asking what kind of player they were looking for. They were looking for a stretch guy who's could stretch the floor. But I've seen that they went to a different situation. I mean, situation, but maybe because of defense wise or something. But they were saying that's how they wanted to play, like a team like uh, Milwaukee Bucks and all that kind of stuff, because they got those two superstars that. Yeah, I mean, going uh, open a lot of things up for people. So it was a good interview. It was a good uh, interview, though. Did you leave there thinking that you'd have a job? Uh, not, not real. Uh, I was kind of up in the air, but I kind of knew like the white was going to be the guy who they was going to probably first try to get. You know what I mean? Just because he played there, he got a, a great relationship with the owner, and he, he's familiar with that. But it is what it is for me. I, I live like if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If it's not, it's okay. Something else gonna come. So I wasn't stressed out about it. But as soon as I walked to the office, it was kind of like came on ESPN. Dwight was signing, so I kind of knew that already, though. Oh wow! Wait, wait, wait. So as as you're walking into the office, you saw on ESPN that nah, Dwight nah, was going. No, no, no. When I was walking out, I huh. seen like. Somebody hit me up like, "Oh, you see, I just signed the white." But I kind of could tell it was something like that already. You know what I'm saying? But for me, I didn't want to say, "No, nah, I'm not going to uh, the workout." I sure. did. You know what I mean, I, I I did what I had to do. I went to the workout, and it was good. But it went in another direction, so it can't can't fault them. It's business. Yeah, but I know it what is. I could bring though. <laughs> sure, sure. And 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 if they're telling you we want to play, like the Bucks, and then bring in the white. It just it just doesn't add up. Yes, but that's why I say uh, certain guys, certain people have their own. You get what I'm saying? So I I never second guess or whatever. I never don't question them about why they signed them and all that kind of stuff. It is what it is. It's that the that the guy they wanted. That's the guy they wanted. You know I mean, they all they they gave me Joe and Dwight all respect to bring us in. So Mo, what about uh, other teams? The potential to work out with other teams. Have you worked out with anyone else and? Are you thinking about working out with it for anyone else? Right now, I'm not. No, nah, I'm not. I'm saying not right now. No, no, I'm not working out with nobody else right now. I'm just been grinding myself and my agent. I've been talking to some people, but at the end of the day, it's, it's all about me being prepared for any situation. If that's here, that's somewhere else, I'm always going to be prepared. So that's why I'm really working on to keep my body and make sure my body is even better for whatever call comes. Uh, you spent the last season in in china what what was that experience like for you both basketball wise and and off the court it was a little i went over there on open mind but when you get over there like for me i played 10 straight years in the league then i uh go my first time out of the country happened to live so it was kind of adjustment because i was with my wife also and when you have your wife with you and, and it's your first time out of the country you gotta have, you gotta uh, manage emotions, like her emotions, my emotions, because we so far away from home. But if I say, it, but overall, it was a good experience. The basketball was better than what I thought. The living was um, in the South cities is, is better than what I thought. But other than that, the traveling is crazy. Every day is an eight-hour traveling day. 
You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. airports like a little town, so it don't matter if you're flying an hour and a half somewhere, it's always gonna be an eight hour day. Oh, <laughs> then huh. if it's then if it's a blizzard up, like if it's real cold, you still gotta walk fifteen twenty minutes to the bus when you land on the airplane. Like it's it's crazy, but it wasn't. It ain't nothing nobody can't do. So this is cool. Oh, wait, and are you still flying? You're still flying charters over there, though, right? No, no, hell no. <laughs> you're flying with people though you're flying with people you're flying with, you're flying so so is is china is, is china an option for you again so look this is what i have like it would have been i would have been like one of i would have been like one of the top guys to get picked back over there again this year but i ended up getting a, a, a three or four game suspension over there the end of last right. year because like everybody knows china is a little dirty kind of like country you're playing in you get what i'm saying it's a good basketball but it's kind of like you got to watch yourself when you're out there playing so one time like one of the last games i closed out to the corner but one of the players tried to set a screen on me but he's facing me like his back's facing so he's kind of like trying to step on my weight kind of like trying to hurt me a little bit you get what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. i pushed him as i pushed him boom say yo what are you doing probably don't understand what i'm saying but i pushed him I pushed them again, and they gave me four games for that. <laughs> but that's 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 not like that league is over there known for guys like small guys tripping guys. So the team I'm playing is a guy just got done tripping a, an import player. Huh. But it is what it is. <laughs> so, is, huh. so so is it is there a, a hostile relationship between the import players and and the Chinese players? It depends on how you go over there. A lot of guys go over there acting like they're better than the Chinese guys and all this kind of stuff and all that kind of stuff. Then they are, then they are, they're great people though. I'm not gonna lie, I met a lot of great people over there. I built a lot of good relationships with people over there. But sometimes you gotta buy into it. You gotta buy into it. You can't act like you're better than nobody else. And I think once you buy into it, they all for you. But once you go over there and act like you this and that, I think they kind of like split away from you and like stick stick together. And and is is, is Steph Marbury? Is he really like? Yeah, he big younger? over there. <laughs> like he, he big he, over he, there too. Like king, right? Are you king over there? Him and um, he, he is like the god over there. Huh? Could, yeah. could he? Could, could he play in the league? E. Right now? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple guys over there should be in the league <laughs> that huh. I was surprised about. I'm like, yo, this. Like one of the kid, one of the dudes from Four John, he got crafted by Memphis, maybe like two or three years ago. A big guy. Like he, he played with Andrew Nickerson last year. They made, they let him stay in China. They made him stay in China and gave him part owner of the team, so he won't go to the NBA. He got drafted oh. by Memphis though, second round. Just got his name though. Wow. Yeah, don't worry about it. Mo, the the guys that are in your situation who've played in the league veterans, what do you think in general, like is the difference between, cause obviously your talent level is there where you could be on an NBA roster. What do you think is the difference between sometimes what NBA teams want from guys? And I don't just mean on the court. I'm saying just in general, how they're viewing you and why guys, certain guys are in the league and other guys aren't. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes there's different situations for me. I'm not really sure. But, like, last year, I went to China before I created and started. Maybe I should have waited, but I was like, nah, I'm going to go over here and get this guaranteed crazy amount of money. 
and say, fucking, I'll come back next year and play in the league. But maybe that was something I should never did, but we never know. You know what I mean? So, like I always say, everything happens for a reason. Everybody know, like, for me, I'm I'm, I'm never I'm, – I'm a great locker room guy. I, I look out – when I was with Orlando, I was looking out for the young guys and just playing my role, never complaining about any other kind of stuff over there. So, everybody know what I could do with playing wilds. It's just, you know what I mean? Time and everything. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And sometimes is, is, you see it... guys in the league. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, sometimes you see guys. I know everybody. We see all everybody see guys. You know, how is he still in the league? But certain stuff guys do in the relationships guys built. That sometimes has something to do with that. Do you, do you think that if you were, are there certain players that you think that if you were closer with, that you'd have a job? Well, I'm not going to really say close. I'm not going to really say that because some, at the end of the day, the players could. I I played on Golden State Warriors with the some of the best players in the league. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and I play with Chris Paul, who's over this stuff. So, it is what it is. That's, but if you look back at our Golden State team we won, it seems like everybody who goes, who plays on championship teams end up not really getting nothing big when they leave there. I wonder why that's happening, though. Just think back. For the first year we won, uh, the next year we had, like, uh, who was on the fastest? He signed Portland, but he never played. Like B. Rush is done. Like he, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Think about it. Ian Clark had a great career with the Warriors. He ended up going to uh, New Orleans, not really, you know what I mean, doing anything. So sometimes I think sometimes it's it's a little weird that everybody was on the championship team. Maybe people think about, oh, they're not that good because they got stuff and all that kind of people. I don't know. I, that's why I always think about like, how's all us coming from the championship team? The championship team, that bench was like one of the key te- things of the team. You get what I'm saying? How is nobody not really getting nothing? <laughs> That's a little weird. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they, it's got to be that that executives around the league then look at it and say, well, they're only doing that because of who's around them. And I think that's why. I think that's really why. But that's not that's not the case at all. And it's sad to say that, but it's sad that people think like that. But it is what it is. Well, and especially you consider what, you know, the impact that you had playing on that that Warriors team and you guys started the season 24-0 and and set the record for, for wins in a regular season. Um, going back to that to that time period, Mo, um, what was it about that team that uh, compared to the other te- Warrior teams we've seen and some of the other really, really good NBA teams in the last couple of decades, what was it about that team in particular that just had you guys rolling at such an incredibly high level. So you think about the team, even like the team with Mark Jackson, we lost to the Clippers in Game Seven in the first round. Mm-hmm. That team, just the just the core team, just was getting better. Like after that game, we lost in Clippers. Like, oh yeah, next year's gonna be good. Then we got Coach Kerr. But you think about the year we won. The second, the second, the starters didn't play like playing like twenty five fourth quarter games. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You you think about stuff like that, like. Ah, bench is so good that the Stars been playing 25 fourth quarter games. Great. You know what I'm saying? You don't really see that no more. You get what I'm saying? So we were just so deep, and we was all buying to the system. Andre was the all-star. We were starting his whole life. He comes to the bench. David Lee was starting his whole life. He comes to the bench. So you think about those quite so much just, just to get the team win. And Coach Curry did a great job putting those pieces in place and, and, and getting everybody to buy in with the 
sacrifice thing because you have to sacrifice. That's the biggest thing about winning. If you can't sacrifice, you're, I'm not really sure you'll ever win. You know what I mean? So that was the difference from, I guess, then to now that the thing, everybody was bought into the system. Everybody was um, – anybody could go off at any night. You know what I mean? So. Do you, do you think you would have had the same – the same, the same success, the same buy-in. If Mark Jackson had still been the head coach, yeah, I think so. Because, huh. like I said, if guys a year older, guys know that we were so close to, to being good, and it just would have took another year. Everybody being comfortable in the system. Huh. So, so why, so why doesn't he have another job? That's what. That's why. That's why sometimes I, I question it, but. Mark is a great Mark is a good coach, man. He lets you play basketball. He uh, sometimes he probably ain't agree with the things they were saying up top. But at the end of the day, that's who pays us the guys up top. So I guess he's not a kind of guy who's like, man, I'm not gonna <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. But for him, my experience with him, he's a good coach, he's a good person, man, on and off the court. He lets you play basketball. Just like Coach Kerr. Coach Kerr lets you play basketball too, but Mark just in a bad situation. Feel bad for him sometimes because he's a good coach. Somebody would be lucky to get him, but that's not my position. <laughs> um, I want to I want to stay on the Warriors for a moment. Give me your, give me your favorite. That's Clay being Clay story. <laughs> well, Sacramento, he scored him thirty-seven in that quarter in the third quarter at home. Yeah, he broke the record. Well, so what game, was? Right, yeah, so yeah, so. Give us give us some details about that game and Clay's demeanor, maybe in the locker room afterwards. So he scored all those points. Like like the first couple of minutes of the third quarter, he didn't score. So like that eight minute mark, nine minute mark, that's when he started getting crazy. But people don't understand that he didn't start doing that for, until like the eight and nine minute mark. <laughs> so so it was like a party in that every time he, after he hit a couple, he was like, uh oh, so everybody in the arena stand up as soon as you get the ball again. So I'm like, why is Sacramento still letting this guy shoot? Like, I don't understand. Man, he just got crazy out there. It was crazy. Also, was how about, crazy. How about, how, wait, can you go with Clay off the court being Clay? What do you mean, like, cool? Yeah, just like, he, you know, Clay just seems to, like, enjoy every He's bit different. of He's different. He's different. That was one of the guys I hung out with a lot. Great, good, good guy. Uh, <laughs> he He's a humble guy, like, he's a real humble guy, so. Like, if you go to a city or something, man, the guy's like, man, let's go walk to the CVS. Let's go walk to this place. Clay is the first one ready to walk, knowing that he's a big-time player and all these fans will come get him. You get what I'm saying? He don't really care. He's like, man, come on, let's just go. So he's a real humble guy. That's what will make those guys so good. They all humble. You know what I mean? So that's why I feel like their success is how it's supposed to be because of the way they are. During, during that uh... – championship season there was the 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 famous comeback from being down 3-1 to OKC and I'm always curious because it's such a small group of guys who've ever experienced something like that you recall what your exact mindset was when you guys were down down 3-1 and uh it looked like that all hope was lost for everyone else at least so I'm just gonna say mine. I know a lot of people thought on our team the same way I'm thinking, but you down three one as a team that was way stronger and bigger than you. It's like there's no way we're gonna win this. So they just go out here, play hard, do what we gotta do, and see what happens. 
So I know I was a couple of people saying, it's over. We had a we had a good season. It's over though. I mean, you got KD, you got Westbrook, you got Deion Waiters was playing good, Cantor was playing good, he had him, and we played at their court. I think that three one, that game what five was at their court, maybe. Yeah, when Clay went crazy. So mm-hmm. we were thinking like, man, just go out here and play, man. Whatever happens, happens. Well, I know I know a lot. Of, I know a lot of people is like, when I even a lot of teams like, man, there's no way we're gonna come back from this. Well, the, well, the, the Clay crazy game, real quick. The Clay crazy game was Game Six, and that was that was in OKC. But when you were down three one, that was Game Five was was at your place. That was when K, KD had forty. The Clay the Clay forty one was Game Six. Mm. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It was like, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna do this. But it just got there and swing. Cause the so you, beat up, you thought you were gonna lose. Well, I, I, I ain't thinking we was going to win. Because <laughs> <laughs> the guys was beat up, man. Everybody was beat up. That year we played, that's when they said we were chasing the championship. Then in the first round, I forgot who we played the first round. Uh, Portland? Who we played the first round that year? The second yes, year. Yes, you played, you played Portland. Portland, Houston? Portland, you, played Houston, Houston you played Houston first, then Portland. Yeah. So those, those series wasn't easy. So we was we was going through those seasons. We was going through those series because they um Steph got hurt in the Houston series. Mm-hmm. Did he fall on his neck? <laughs> so he rushed back with Portland. He wasn't fully. That's why those guys didn't play in the USA team because guys were really beat up, man. The year before, remember I told y'all they ain't playing twenty five fourth quarter games, so they was rested going into the playoffs. But last year, I mean the year we lost, those guys ain't really had no rest. I'm not making that excuse, but those guys were beat up. And then we down 3-1, come back, fight all the way back to game seven and beat OKC. So we got to the finals, like, damn, <laughs> let's just see what we can do. The, you end up going, obviously, the next, next season after you were playing from the Warriors, go on and play uh, for the Clippers. What's, uh, what's your best Chris Paul story? He got a yeah. He has a lot of different stories, but one stick out that he was because he's over the players association, right? He's the vice president. He's the president. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so a kid was talking to him, like a rookie was talking to him, right on the court. CP sometimes just be chilling, but this day, the dude was talking trash to him. CP tell the kid, man, hey, chill out. You gonna be in the league next year? Mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh so, yeah, he told the kid like, "Man, chill out, man. You won't be in the league no more." <laughs> like basically, he used this. He used this. He's over it. Tell the kid, "Yeah, he's like, chill out. You won't be able to. You won't be in the league no more. Mess with me." What, so that's kind of what is what is CP3 like on a daily basis? I mean, because because we hear different stories. We we had heard for a while. Oh, he's the best leader in sports, and then you hear teammates now saying they they didn't like playing with them, and guys get into it with CP3. So on a daily basis, what is it like playing, practicing, locker room stuff with CP3? I'm not all right. So he's 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 just definitely a good leader. Sometimes uh, people probably get mad at him because of how the way he try to lead with his mouth. Sometimes it gets out of the hand. But like what? He, like he, what? He means all good. He means good though. Like sometimes he yell. Like you understand, we all men. So he kind of yells and, and like probably cuss at people certain certain times. Because I remember my first couple years in the league, I was like, God damn, Chris Paul talked crazy to his teammates. But when I played with him, he didn't really do that. You can probably tell he changed a little bit. But 
it's just the way he probably just communicates. But other than that, in the locker room, he's a great guy. Uh, off the court, he does his own, he does his own thing with his family and all that kind of stuff. But I can't say he's a bad teammate at all. He's a good teammate. He just want to win. He's competitive. He works hard. He want to win. And can't really say nothing bad about him. Who 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 was the leader on that team, on that Clipper team? I'll say Blake. Hmm. Blake followed. So more, so, so more got more guys followed Blake than than Chris. Follow when you say follow, like what, like. Like as 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 the leader that they would you know whose whose voice did they respect who did they listen to who did they want to throw their weight behind? See, I, see, I say Blake and Chris. Okay, but I can't really say. I'm gonna be honest. I can't really say it was one leader though. You know what I'm saying? It was, I don't think it was nobody that everybody was like, man, let's just follow them. People did their own thing. That team was a real independent team. Guys do their own thing. You know what I'm saying? It's not really that many. And they do their own thing because they all got their different families. But if people talk, you don't listen to CP. You don't listen to Blake. Sometimes listen to DeAndre. You know what I'm saying? It's not just one person stick out. I can't, I can't do, even say that. So, so do the most successful teams need one voice? Or can you win a title and be the most successful if you have a whole bunch of voices. I'm not going to say one team needs uh, one person because with the Warriors, we didn't have one person. We had one person who was always loud and it was competitive. Everybody knew who that yeah. is. Yeah. Because yeah. Steph's not really going to – when Steph talks, everybody listens, but Steph's not really going to be the person who's talking like that. You know what I mean? See, Andre Godala is like one, was one of the leaders on the team everybody is listening to. Mm-hmm. I mean, but Clay not gonna really say anything. Nobody, the mother guy's not really gonna say anything. But we kind of like coach. We we rather have like a teammate getting on anything. A coach kind of, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We had guys who did that. We hold each other accountable. Yeah, we, we, what you need, and and with Draymond, yeah, everybody knows. I mean, at some point, everyone's gonna come to blow or at least come close to blows with Draymond. And, and it seems to be that that's just accepted that season. Did you, when, when you were down three, one to OKC, did you know throughout the year that Draymond was recruiting KD? No, 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 no idea. They say he was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. That, and that, yeah, that he was, that he was texting them all season. Hey man, we need you. We need you. And then, that was that's the famous now famous text that Draymond sent to KD after losing to the Cavs in the locker room saying, "Hey, we need you." No, I didn't know. no, I heard about that. I heard about it just off uh, social media, but I didn't know that. It was just a rumor, but it was real. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty well documented. Yeah, yeah. He's and he's mentioned he Draymond said, said that he's done. Yeah, he said we. Yeah, we need you. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think it is. I think it is crazy. Mo, what the, happens? It, Mo. it happens. It happens. Happens a lot. No, I don't know about that test. You know, the people saying people need you and all that. I never really, I never really seen that before. Huh. I'm, huh. I'm still curious about about that that Clippers team. Why do you think that the Clippers never had a chance to get over the hump? 
Uh, uh, guys is great. The guys is great to be around. But I just think that more of togetherness wasn't really there. You get what I'm saying? So it wasn't really no events that guys went to. We were on the road. We never really go, really go eat together or any of that kind of stuff. So I think that's when it got tough, you need that kind of, like, trust. You need that kind of – like, you, you could be on a team with a guy for five or six years and think you trust him. But when you really, when you really need a guy, like, the last five minutes of the game, the last two minutes of the game, you, you know this guy more when he's on and off the court, you're hanging out with him. Instead of just being at practice with him and then not seeing him no more the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. I don't really think – when I was there, we didn't really do that with the Clippers. So it's kind of hard. You know what I'm saying? So maybe that's how it's been. But I don't know. Hmm. Who, 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 is, Warriors, who is – Every time we go on the road, yeah. we, or after a game, we're always eating together. So that's why we got so close. That's why we was like a brotherhood because outside of basketball, we definitely going to see somebody Draymond having a barbecue at his house. You're going to see seven or eight people over there. Mm-hmm. They've got an event or something. You're going to see seven or eight people over there. It's like kind of like college, how those guys run it. All right, so speaking of college, Joakim Noah had that Lakers trial. And there were there were a few whispers about that he wasn't going to get the job because of his relationship or, or lack thereof relationship with LeBron. You think you think Joakim gets gets a job this year somewhere? So that's why I don't, I don't see why not because he 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 bounced back last year with the with Grizzlies and mm-hmm. pretty pretty good. So I'm not really sure mm-hmm. why he not wouldn't get a job, but. Like I say, man, the league is a little different, and we'll never figure out what's, what's really what's really up. You get what I'm saying? So a lot of guys are not in the league right now. We should be in the league, but we'll never know why. Why not? So I hope you get a job. Good player, good person. He'll, he'll give you his last. He'll play hard for you every second of the game. So hopefully you get a job. So as you try to you know get another, whether it's a tryout or some sort of deal, what – what was your schedule like today as we record this on Tuesday afternoon? What are you doing tomorrow? So today I woke up like 8.30. I'm going to go get a light lift and I'm going to go shoot. Play some one-on-one whole court, all that kind of stuff. Go back tonight and get some more shots up, get some more cardio. And then I do that the rest of the week. Yeah, sounds so good. I mean, I mean and, and as long as long, what's that? I said, I'm a really kind of like basic guy. I don't really do go crazy stuff. Yeah, all you got to show is that you can still get buckets. What, 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 yeah, <laughs> that's 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 the easy part. Well, <laughs> uh, since this is the Catch and Shoot podcast, we always like to end the podcast interview with asking our guests one teammate you played with in your career, game on the line, game seven. Down one, who do you want taking the shot, catch and shoot? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> it, what? It, uh, it, it should be obvious? No, nah, I go with Clay. Okay. I was going to say Lou Will. <laughs> I had yeah. a feeling, I had a feeling you were going to say Lou Will. I had a yeah. feeling. I was going to say Lou. But Luke kind of like need that. He like need to shake him. He like he need to do the little crossover <laughs> to get right. 
Yeah. But Clay gonna catch and shoot that thing, or even everybody won't believe, but Iguodala too, though. Come on. Wow. Come on. Come on. Look, look what look at the big shots you made. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It's yeah. Uh, yeah, but come on, game game on the game on the line. I'm still. He did it. He did it. Didn't he do a? Didn't he make a big shot this year in the finals? That's true. That's yeah, true. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, that's right, right. So I guess all right. So game on the line, and you have 15 free to free space. Yes. Okay, Iguodala. <laughs> game on the line. Catch and shoot. Hand in your face. Clay. Yeah. Okay. Lou will Clay. Lou will Clay. All right. I love it. Uh, Mo, we appreciate it. Thank you, and uh, and keep us posted. We're rooting for you. All right. Thank you. That was dope. No, Mo was was great. I love guys that that aren't afraid to uh, to speak out, and and he's probably got reason to think that there is some conspiracy stuff going on in the NBA that keeps guys out of the league. I mean, I, I feel like we all sort of know that, but I mean, he's feeling that. I mean, right, and especially China. a guy, right, especially a guy who's been a who's a a role player who knows his role and has been on championship teams and everybody knows what he can contribute and there's no yep. distraction with a most Spates, but other teams are going to look and say, all right, well, maybe we could just have a, whether it's a, I don't know how much cheaper you can get, but it could be a cheaper version or, um, or a guy that you want to see how they pan out. Maybe the person becomes a Mo Spates type player. But again, like that's a, that's a perfect example of you never know so many guys, the large majority of the guys who play in the NBA, Adam, and you know this, don't retire from the NBA. The NBA retires them. Just happens. Yes, yes. And he brought up a few names that were just kind of shocking. You don't think about from those Warrior teams, Ian Clark and Festus Zili. Yeah. I mean, that those are some of the ones that are shocking. And, and most certainly, you consider he's only 32 years old. And, you know, I mean, he's a guy that's always been able to score. He, he can shoot. He's tough. Um, provides different things from the forward position, especially as now the league isn't as concerned with playing small ball. Right. Guys have different approaches. I, 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 I think we'll see most baits back in the NBA. I really do. I do too, especially because of how great of a, a locker room guy he is and that you know what he can contribute, especially offensively on the court. Real quick, what's entertaining me this week, nothing that I'm watching or listening to, but it's been all reading. I'm getting set for my first College football game of the season, play-by-play for Stadium at UNLV. It's a 7 p.m. Pacific start on Saturday night, UNLV against Arkansas State. And uh, the storyline is, as we record this on Tuesday, I don't know if Arkansas State's head coach, Blake Anderson, is going to coach. Last week, he didn't. His wife of 27 years, Wendy, 49 years old, lost her battle to cancer. And we don't know if he's going to be back and then... UNLV, their offensive coordinator, isn't going to be calling plays because he's waiting for a heart transplant. So again, it's Amazing. a it's it's a it's a football game, and then you think about the general life context around it, and uh, and it's tough to grasp. Yes, yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. Well, um, I'll certainly be excited to listen to you on on the call. Uh, the only thing that's entertaining this way, I watched this uh, Netflix short series called The Family. Just really interesting. Um, hmm. It's about the this sort of like influential group of young men uh, in Washington that that 
sort of live together and it's got a religious component. It's conspiracy theory based. And this guy had written a book. He was part of this sort of organization. They've got influence over all of these political figures. So if you're into that kind of conspiracy theory thing um, and, and some of the stuff is indeed true, it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's not all based in just, uh, hypotheses, then it's, it's worth checking out. So yeah, the family okay. on, on Netflix, pretty well done. So, um, yeah. Right, thank, so thank, thank everybody out. before you go finishing your, uh, birthday plans for Kate, since, uh, <laughs> you only have like, you know, like 20 minutes left to <laughs> actually plan something. She might be listening. She um, doesn't, she doesn't make it this far. Oh yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, she just likes to when um, when Darlene says says my name off the top, and then she shuts <laughs> it off. Um, uh, yeah, we gotta we gotta of course thank uh, super producers Bruce Bernstein, Scott Turkin. They are the best. Uh, Jonathan Vasquez, who, who does our social media work, Ben Wolfen, editing, and everyone else on the. Uh, pure hoops media team that uh really puts in uh, their hard work and that includes all the other podcasts no yeah so make sure everybody's checking out downloading subscribing rating reviewing sharing with their friends the mike wise show buckets boys and blocks with monica mcnutt and pure hoops podcast with eric newman and bj armstrong adam thanks pal my man the catch and shoot podcast is a presentation of pure hoops media 